Nico Mikola proved to be a solid trade deadline addition for the New York Rangers at the deadline this past season. He shook off a little bit of a slow start and proved to be a fixture on the blue line for the Rangers down the stretch in the regular season and also into the postseason. We talk on today's episode about why Mikola could be back with the Rangers for this upcoming season, but most likely will not be. We also are going to turn our attention to the NHL draft and spotlight someone who I believe the Rangers could and perhaps even should target with the number 23 overall pick. All that and much, much more on today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers. All right, so we continue our off-season series here where basically we're just, we're just kind of doing free agent frenzy, starting, of course, with the in-house free agents for the New York Rangers, the unrestricted free agents. We've already covered uh, pretty much all the other UFAs for this team. Uh, Yaroslav Halak, Tyler Mott, Patrick Kane, and Vladimir Tarasenko. So if you missed any of those, it'll be very easy to find on a, one of the more recent episodes of Locked on New York Rangers. But today, we turn our attention to uh, the last UFA remaining on the Ranger roster, and that would be 27-year-old defenseman Nico Mikola. Uh, Mikola, for anybody that needs a quick recap here, traded by the St. Louis Blues, along with Vladimir Tarasenko, to the Rangers in exchange for Sammy Blay, Hunter Skinner, a conditional first-round draft pick for this year, and a fourth-round draft pick for next year. And anytime you're doing this, trying to figure out, you know, if the Rangers could and should bring somebody back and can they afford them and what kind of a contract are they looking at? I think it's always important to take a look at uh, the financials from their most recent contracts. And with Mikola, uh, he just wrapped up a one-year deal that he signed with the St. Louis Blues. It was worth $1.9 million. I feel like he'll probably get a little bit more than that in free agency, both in terms of length and in terms of, uh, you know, dollars per year. I, I could see Mikola maybe getting something in the range it's always difficult to predict these things but maybe somewhere in the range of like three years around 2.2 2.3 million dollars somewhere in that ballpark uh but yeah i mean mikola overall you know I, I thought he did a nice job with the rangers when he came over was sort of the uh the other guy quote unquote in the tarasenko trade i mean i had heard of him i think a lot of ranger fans probably heard of him by this point but maybe didn't really know a whole lot about him uh, but when you dig deeper uh, he's one of those what you see is what you get kind of defensemen. And I'll explain what I mean by that in just a second. But to break down everything that he did this past season between the Blues and the Rangers, for starters, just start with the simple fact that he's six foot four, 210 pounds, and played 50 games with the Blues, 31 games with the Rangers. So uh, played 81 out of the possible 82 games. Uh, Mikola in the two teams combined this past season with the two teams combined, one goal five assists and six points. He was also a plus six in that time. Average 17 minutes and 26 seconds of ice time per night. Uh, his ice time actually increased fairly significantly with the Rangers after he got traded here from St. Louis. At, with St. Louis, he was at 16.39 per, per night. And then with the Rangers, that went up to 18.42 of ice time per night, which is actually uh, the highest of his career. I realize we're only talking about 31 games and only really the second half of a season here. But if you look at the rest of his career with the Blues, uh, not once did he average as much as 1842 of ice time per night. So the Rangers, obviously, you know, they threw him right into the fire. They used him early and often. And he played well and mostly well and was rewarded with some extra ice time, uh, more than he's ever seen in his NHL career. Also had a total 
between the two teams of 106 block shots and 151 hits. He did have a little bit of an ominous debut with the Rangers. It was against the Kraken, and you know everybody's excited about Tarasenko and, and certainly curious about Mikola as well, and Tarasenko scores early in the first period to give the Rangers a lead. Uh, Mikola in that game ended up taking three penalties and was also a minus one. Wasn't a great debut. And, and, you know, with those three penalties, I think I remember two of them being a little bit borderline, a little bit ticky-tack. Uh, one of them certainly was a penalty. Uh, but you're kind of holding your breath a little bit there. You know, we don't need Patrick Nemeth part two. And Nico Mikola was certainly not that. I thought overall uh, he played better and better the more time that he spent with the Rangers. I thought him and Braden Schneider got off to a little bit of a shaky start together. Uh, that was the Ranger third defense pairing when Mikola initially came over. And I thought there were also times when Mikola first debuted with the Rangers, uh, that he was struggling a little bit to keep up with the pace of play. You know, he's a big guy, not really known for his speed or anything like that. And there were times where I thought maybe he was scuffling a little bit when it came to just keeping up with the pace that the Rangers play with. But uh, he did better after that. I, I thought he eventually got up to speed, literally and figuratively. And, you know, part of that's probably getting used to new surroundings, new teammates, new coaches, a new city, um, a new system to learn. So you put all those things together. It's not uncommon for guys to you know, have a little bit of a uh, uh, learning curve when they go to a new team. And uh, that was the case with Nico Mikola. Uh, something that I love about Mikola that I noticed that he did with the Rangers when he was here, uh, apart from, you know, the physicality, the hitting and the block shots, Mikola went out of his way. One of those guys went out of his way to go out there and really look out for his teammates, really watch his teammates' backs. Anytime there was a scrum or anything going on, if he was on the ice, he was going to be right in the middle of it. And he's not one of those guys that goes looking for trouble, I don't think. But if something is happening, there's extracurriculars while he's on the ice, he's one of those guys that kind of steps up and says, okay, you're going to deal with me. You're not going to go after Capo Caco over here. You're going to deal with me. We saw that multiple times. Something that I noticed, anytime there was a scrum, He's not like the most demonstrative guy. He doesn't seem to really talk that much during scrums. Uh, there was this thing he would do, though, where he would uh, grab the jersey of his opponent and just kind of hold on to it and basically just kind of stare a hole through them. Like, he wouldn't really do a whole lot of talking. It was very uh, professional, very business-like uh, when it came to Nico Mikola. But I always appreciate somebody who does that, who goes out there and watches out for his teammates, uh, especially when you've got the size that Nico Mikola does. You know, his philosophy seemed to be that uh, if there's going to be any trouble, any extracurriculars, you're going to deal with me if I'm one of the guys on the ice. So that's always good to see. Uh, I thought something else that stood out about Mikola is how quickly, and we saw this when we discussed time on the ice just a second ago, but how quickly uh, his role grew with the Rangers in, in such a short amount of time and, you know, how much uh, the ice time increased. And, you know, the Rangers, they were in a little bit of a tough spot because Ryan Lindgren missed some time last season, you know, he had an injury, he was out of the lineup. And of course this happens. And there's always a couple of different things you could do. You could move Ke'Andre Miller up to the top pairing with Adam Fox. Uh, you'd go with Ben Harper there. You know, Harper had been with the Rangers for a little bit longer than Mikola. The Rangers chose to go with Mikola. And I thought Mikola and Fox kind of clicked. They, they seemed to complement each other pretty well. Uh, and once Ryan Lindgren got back, he obviously got his spot back on the top pairing there. And rightfully so. Uh, but I thought, you know, Mikola more than held his own when he was forced into uh, top pairing minutes. And uh, was out there alongside Adam Fox. I thought the two of them clicked pretty quickly and uh, did a nice job together. As far as Nico Mikola coming back and what he himself thinks, you know, we've been talking about this uh, throughout this entire offseason series here. Where we're looking at UFAs and, you know, guys, they're always asked, the, the impending free agents are always asked at the end of the season, could you stick around? Would you like to stick around? What do you think about this team? This, that, and the other thing. And, you know, there's a lot of, uh, you know, playing your cards close to the vest, and they usually 
Uh, they'll compliment the organization, say, yeah, you know, if things work out, maybe I stick around. Um, but, you know, they, they, they play it close to the vest. That's the term I just used, and I, I think that that applies to Mikula as well. Uh, I remember watching his end-of-season exit interview, whatever you want to call it, and, uh, yeah, I mean, he, he seemed like he was keeping the door open. Not so sure if he was necessarily expecting to be back with the Rainers, uh, but he at least seemed open to it. And, again, as I mentioned in the intro, I'm going to elaborate on it a little bit more right here, right now. Uh, Mikola, again, one of those what-you-see-is-what-you-get type of defensemen in this league. There are no secrets of Nico Mikola. Uh, there's not, like, a crazy amount of hidden upside. I, I don't think the Rangers are going to turn him into, like, a point-per-game defenseman or anything like that. In fact, I know they're not going to do that. Uh, he's a stay-at-home defenseman who's going to play physical hockey, uh, not afraid to block a shot, not afraid to mix it up after the play. Uh, something else that you really got to like is he doesn't seem to make too many mistakes. That was something that uh, the Rangers were also saying about Ben Harper, you know, when he took over as the sixth defenseman. Uh, Nico Mikola, one of those guys that just goes out there, does his job. There's nothing fancy. There's nothing flashy. But again, rarely is a liability. And sometimes when it comes to your sixth defenseman, that's all you're really looking for. Somebody that's not going to go out there and make mistakes and lose the game for you. Somebody that just goes out there, a uh, very blue collar workman-like mentality and just goes out there and does his job. And, um, you know, sometimes kind of flies under the radar. That's not the worst thing when you're talking about a sixth defenseman. I'm uh, going to keep everything rolling in just a second here. I want to go ahead and uh, kind of wrap up this section on Nico Mikola. I'm going to make a prediction as far as uh, whether or not I think he could be back with the Rangers next season what it would entail for him to be back. We're also going to take a look at some other options that the Rangers have as far as the sixth defenseman next season uh, if Nico Mikola is not back next year. We're going to do all that good stuff in just a second. But first, we do have to let everybody know that today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by eBay Motors. For a championship team, it is all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, you can be sure every part you need fits right the first time around. Just add your ride to my garage and look for the green check to know the part will fit or your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors and with over 122 million parts to choose from, you will be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay guaranteed fit, only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only, and exclusions do apply. All right, we just want to once again thank everybody for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. And for the everydayers, you're definitely going to want to stick around this week. It feels like the Rangers are closing in on naming a new head coach. I mean, could happen by the time I'm done recording this episode, for all I know. Could stretch out a little bit longer. But I think we're getting pretty close to the end here. And I think a decision is going to be made. And one of the uh, big-name candidates, really, I think the only big-name candidate that I have not discussed yet is Patrick Waugh. So we're going to talk about him in uh, the next episode. He, of course, just won uh, the CHL Memorial Cup with uh, the Quebec Remparts. The Remparts defeated the Seattle Thunderbirds 5 to nothing in Sunday's championship game. And just for a full frame of reference here, Quebec previously, you know, before the Memorial Cup, they won the QMJHL championship. They went 16-2 and in that playoff tournament. They swept their first four opponents, or first three opponents, and then their fourth opponent was Halifax. They beat them in six games 
in the finals. So obviously uh, just a dominant run through the QMJHL playoffs for Patrick Waugh and the uh, Quebec Remparts. But to keep the focus right now on Nico Mikola, I don't think it's going to happen. Even when the trade was made, I mean, Nico Mikola to me just had rental written all over him. This is somebody that you're bringing for depth for the rest of the season. And then once the season ends, you'll probably go your separate ways. And I think that probably is what will happen here. And I've been saying all along, I'm not convinced that any of the Ranger unrestricted free agents are going to be back. I would put Mott and Kane maybe as the two that have the best chance of being back uh, for different reasons. And then as far as guys not coming back, I think Tarasenko is probably too pricey. Yaroslav Halak, I can see the Rangers really looking to save money at backup goalie. And Nico Mikola, I mean, look, he plays a solid game, and I think you could certainly live with him as your number six defenseman. Uh, but I get the feeling the Rangers are going to uh, look to turn it over to an in-house candidate instead. One of their uh, other defensemen in the pipeline, one of their homegrown guys, uh, somebody in that vein. And, you know, I, I think for sure, if the Rangers were to bring back either Patrick Kane or Vladimir Tarasenko, which I, long shot for Tarasenko, maybe even a little bit of a long shot for Kane, but if that happens, I think Mikula is gone because those guys, Tarasenko and Kane, uh, they're going to eat into the salary cap and you're just not going to be able to afford somebody like Nico Mikula. It's not like Mikula is going to break the bank and end up making like five or $6 million per season, but uh, he was at 1.9 last year. I think he gets a little bit of a raise from that. And you know, when the Rangers, when you're paying out the kind of money that they're paying out to guys like Truba and Fox and Mika and Panarin and even Kreider, um, and I'm probably a couple others that I'm forgetting as well off the top of my head here. Igor, you know, Igor's making a good amount of money. Uh, it stands to reason that you then have to look to save money at certain positions. Uh, I think backup goalie, as we discussed in our last episode, when we talked about Yaroslav Halak, that's certainly one spot where you can look to save money. And I would say six defensemen is probably another. And that's even more true uh, when you've got, you know, some young defense and like the Rangers have that they might eventually uh, like to give a chance to. But more on that in just a second. We're going to talk about Zach Jones, Matthew Robertson, and a couple others. But uh, one other thing that might need to happen for Nico Mikola to have any chance of staying with the Rangers this upcoming season. And again, I, I do think he probably walks in free agency. But Keandre Miller right now is a restricted free agent. So if Miller were to be traded, now hold on, because I'm not endorsing this. I'm not in favor of this in any way, but it's one of those things. It goes back to a theme that we always talk about on here when it comes to trading players and you know people get upset, like, oh, they trade this guy, they trade that guy, they should have held on to him. Uh, Buchnevich is, I think, is probably the top example of that. Um, it just goes back to this theme that you can't keep everybody. And so with Keandre Miller, if they feel like he's kind of plateaued, he's, he's not going to get a whole lot better than he is right now, they feel like they need that money for other needs which again, I, I think you should re-sign Ke'Andre Miller. Um, but if they start to feel that way and they're not going to be able to afford him in the long term, then it's possible that Ke'Andre Miller gets traded, especially if the Rangers feel like they can get a lot back in return for him. And then you can simply uh, re-sign Nico Mikola so as not to lose two defensemen. You know, Mikola, they could see him as kind of like a cheaper option to Ke'Andre Miller. But even as I say that, it doesn't really make a ton of sense because, you know, okay, so you trade Ke'Andre Miller to, I guess, get like a draft pick or whatever the Rangers would get in exchange for Keandre Miller. Uh, then you re-sign Nico Mikola. I mean, I mean, how much would you really even save here? Because Nico Mikola, again, I, I think he could get around like $2.2, $2.3 million. Keandre Miller, maybe he's looking at like a bridge deal from the Rangers somewhere in the ballpark of like $3 million, $3.25 million, maybe as high as $3.5 million. I can't see it going much higher than that. So you're not even really saving that much. Um, I think the only way Miller gets traded is if somebody steps up and just blows the Rangers away with an offer. But the much more likely thing that happens here is that Keandre Miller, uh, as a restricted free agent, 
re-signs with the Rangers. Nico Mikola uh, walks in free agency. I, I do think that's the most likely outcome here. I just don't see any real scenario where the Rangers look to bring back Mikola, especially because the Rangers, as I mentioned a second ago, might be looking to give the reins to one of their young defensemen. It's kind of a similar situation to what we had with Justin Braun uh, two years ago. You know, he came over as a rental, played the role of sixth defenseman, uh, did a pretty good job with it overall. You know, he was solid out there for the Rangers. Uh, and then we get to the offseason, and Braun is all but certain to leave, and he does indeed leave. And it's kind of the same thing with Nico Mikola here. Uh, the one thing that's a little different is, you know, Braun was 35, Nico Mikola is only 27, so there's quite the age difference. But it's similar in that, I think, again, the Rangers probably want one of their young, preferably homegrown guys to take over as a sixth defenseman uh, this upcoming season. And barring any trades, whether you know we're talking about Keandre Miller or like, God help us, Ryan Lindgren being traded, which I don't think that one could or should happen. But assuming that none of those defensemen get traded and everybody's back, the top five spots are spoken for. Lindgren, Fox, Miller, Truba, Schneider. You guys know the deal. Uh, those five will all be in the lineup on opening night. And then uh, you've got the sixth defenseman spot left. And, and technically, even the seventh defenseman spot is sort of taken. I think the Rangers kind of like Ben Harper in that role. I think he'll be back in that role uh, this upcoming season. And so with only one defenseman spot left, that being the sixth defenseman spot, I think the Rangers, once again, rather than spend any significant money on Nico Mikola, and again, 2.2 million, 2.3 million doesn't sound like a whole lot, but it is when the Rangers are up against the salary cap as tight as they are. When you combine the fact that Nico Mikola is going to cost a decent amount of money and the fact that the Rangers do have some young defensemen that they assume, you could assume they would probably want them to take the reins there. Um, that's probably what's going to happen. And on top of that, they'll cost quite a bit less as well. But you're looking at somebody, you know, the usual names that we go through whenever we talk about uh, the sixth defenseman spot, because it seems like this is a recurring theme for the Rangers, always trying to figure out uh, the sixth defenseman. But you've got guys like Zach Jones, Matthew Robertson. I guess you could throw Libor Hayek in there. Uh, ben Harper, you know, he's, I have him kind of as the seventh defenseman, but maybe he gets back into the mix as the sixth defenseman. Uh, maybe Ty Emerson is in the mix as well. Uh, I just get the feeling, again, they want one of their own homegrown, inexpensive defensemen to take the bull by the horns this offseason, take that sixth defenseman job, and basically just run with it. Nico Mikola did a nice job while he was here, but as far as having a long-term future with the Rangers, uh, again, I just really don't see it right now. And, um, you know, again, they have to save money in certain spots. Sixth defenseman is one of those spots. They probably want to pay their six defensemen only six figures. Nico Mikula is not going to have to settle for six figures. Somebody will give him more than that. And I do believe it will be somebody uh, other than the, the New York Rangers. So going to keep everything rolling in just a second. I want to turn our attention to the NHL draft. I've been looking forward to this, trying to get to some draft talk here uh, throughout the offseason. Draft is now less than a month away. Very exciting times here. And we're going to focus it on somebody who I believe that the Rangers uh, could and perhaps even should target when the draft rolls around, not sure if this player is going to be available at number 23, but we're going to talk about him anyway. There's at least a chance that he'll still be lingering on the board. And I think worth uh, you know serious consideration by the Rangers if he is available. And we will do that in just a second. All right, let's go ahead and keep everything rolling here. Uh, the player that I'm going to spotlight here, as far as the number 23 overall pick, by the New York Rangers and somebody that I think they should go after. That's going to be right winger Matthew Wood. Uh, for starters, for me, it's got to be a right winger. They have more left wingers right now than they know what to do with. Uh, you've got Panarin, Kreider, Lafreniere. Uh, Cooley played a handful of games last year. Brennan Offman's going to be coming along. I know Offman can play some right wing as well. And maybe one of those other guys could eventually change uh, in addition to Offman. But 
those are five guys that primarily play left wing. Uh, you know, you could go with another center, but you've got Hedl and Trocek and Mika Zibanejad all signed, you know, fairly long term. Uh, a lot of strong defensemen in place as well for the Rangers. And obviously you got Igor between the pipes. So there's no real reason to draft a goalie, at least not early in the draft. So we're going right wing. And it's funny with Wood, I've actually seen him listed at all three positions. I've seen right wing more than anything else, but you know, there's one website that has him just as a right winger. Another says right wing slash center. Another says right wing slash left wing. So uh, it sounds like he's got some position versatility, which is a nice thing in and of itself. You know, somebody that can move around the lineup a little bit on an as needed basis. But most commonly, I've been seeing Wood uh, listed as a right winger. So I can only assume that that is his primary position. Uh, I'm not sure, as I mentioned a second ago, that Wood is still going to be there when the Rangers are picking at number 23. It's close to 50-50, although I would say probably a little bit less than 50-50 that he's there. Um, you know, we're actually doing a mock draft right now and all the different locked on hosts are going through the first round and picking somebody that they want. And for the record, uh, not to spoil anything too much, but the Calgary Flames, uh, their hosts selected Matthew Wood at number 16. So he didn't quite make it uh, to the Rangers at number 23. And, you know, looking at draft rankings, everything from like elite prospects to Dauber prospects, Bob McKenzie, uh, Sportsnet, there's 13 different rankings that I'm looking at. I have them in front of me right here, right now. Um, and basically there's a wide range of outcomes when it comes, uh, to Matthew Wood. Uh, there are some that believe that he will still be there when the Rangers are picking. And there are some that seem to believe that he's going to be gone, uh, quite a bit earlier than when the Rangers roll around at number 23 overall. I, I do want to uh, go ahead and pull that up here and try to give uh, a median, you know, range here. I mean, as far as I can tell, it looks like he's ranked as high as number 10 by McKean's Hockey and ranked as low as number 33 by Dauber Prospects. And the majority of these have him ranked higher than 23, which means that in all likelihood, he'll probably be gone when the Rangers pick. Like I said, there's a slightly better than 50-50 chance, I think, that he will be gone. But there was just too much to like about this kid for me to not at least talk about him and not at least mention him and not at least throw out the idea that the Rangers should really consider him uh, if he is still there when they are picking. And let me also preface this whole thing. It's our first day really talking about the draft and trying to figure out who the Rangers are going to pick at number 23. So let me preface this whole thing by saying I am not a scout. You know, I'm going by what the people who do this for a living seem to believe. You know, I'll take their word for it. Uh, there's some people that are really, really good at this. They're, they're professional scouts and they spend, uh, God only knows how many hours, you know, pouring over tapes and doing all these visits and watching these players play. So I'm going by them, uh, much more than by what I'm seeing. I'm watching some videos and everything, but I'm not a professional scout the way that these people are. So with all that said, uh, something to really like, I think about wood, uh, seems very ready, willing, and able to shoot the puck. And again, this is, uh, the consensus that I'm getting from scouts, uh, it's not uncommon also to see him finish seasons with actually more goals than assists. Uh, he played in the BCHL in 2021-2022 with the Victoria Grizz Grizzlies, and that was his second season there. He had 45 goals and 40 assists in 46 games, so almost a goal per game. Forget, forget about a point per game, a goal per game. And then with UConn this past season, 35 games, 11 goals, 23 assists. And then also with Canada's World Juniors under 18 team, uh, he played in seven games, had seven goals and six assists and was a plus 12 uh, during that tournament. Has an outstanding wrist shot. I mean, that's one of those things 
Again, I say I'm not a scout, but when you watch videos of this kid firing the puck at the net with his wrist shot, oh, yeah, you can tell he's got a heck of a wrist shot. Uh, it's a blink and you miss it kind of shot. There's times where uh, he shoots, and, I mean, not that these goalies are the quality that he's, he's going to face in the NHL, but there's times where I swear that the puck is in the back of the net and the goalie hasn't even made his move. You know, the puck will hit the back of the net, and then the goalie will, like, throw his glove up and try to stop it. It's like, it's too late, bro. It's by you. So uh, he's got a heck of a wrist shot. That That's very apparent to anybody, I think. Uh, that watches any clips of him, you know, scoring goals. Uh, as far as physicality, you know, he's six foot three, 193 pounds, which is another reason why I really like him. As far as physicality is concerned, it doesn't really seem like a whole lot of scouts have a whole lot to say about it, which makes me think that it's somewhere in the middle. Like it's not an issue where there's so much of a lack of a physicality that it's really a problem that people are looking at him and saying like, oh man, this guy needs to play more physical. He needs to hit more. It's nothing like that. I'm also not seeing a whole lot of scouts really rave about his physicality. So that to me tells me that he's somewhere in between. If it's something that doesn't really come up that much, uh, plays a decently physical game, but uh, maybe for as big as he is, doesn't throw his weight around as much as he could. Uh, hopefully he'll eventually learn to use that to his advantage. Again, six foot three, 193 pounds. That's another reason why I liked him. Uh, one of those players who, has a great blend of size and skill, it would seem. Kind of reminds me a little, little bit of what we were saying about Brennan Offman. And um, yeah, I mean, that also is kind of a reason why I don't think he'll be there for the Rangers when they're picking at number 23. I just think another team is going to get enticed by, once again, that rare combination of size and skill. Somebody's going to pounce on that. Or not, maybe the Rangers get lucky. Maybe the Rangers can trade up a little bit in the draft if they like him, if they want to go get him. Uh, anything is possible. But the Rangers really need a player like this, uh, someone who can play below the dots. That's another thing where uh, he was getting rave reviews from the scouts is being able to you know, go in deep, do some of the dirty work, uh, shoot first forward. We all know the Rangers have a lot of facilitators. Everybody wants to set up their buddy. We need somebody that's going to be a sniper. And um, you know, Wood can be that. And they just need a right winger in general. There's just not a whole lot there on the NHL roster or even in the pipeline. So I want the Rangers certainly to target a right wing. And when you see somebody with this blend, once again, of size and skill, uh, he's somebody that's certainly going to be uh, intriguing to you. And, you know, I, I was talking about the scouts quite a bit here. We might as well go ahead and leave you guys with a couple of scouting reports on wood from, uh, again, some professionals who do this uh, for a living. You've got Tony Ferrari from the Hockey News. Uh, that's what he had to say about wood. Wood is a big-bodied shooter who can make his money in the NHL as a triggerman with a flash of skill from time to time. He lacks foot speed, which makes him an average transition player. Wood protects the puck well and uses his frame effectively on the cycle. And I love to hear that, man. We need somebody, again, that can kind of prolong those offensive zone possessions. There just was not enough of that uh, from the Ranger top six in that playoff series against the Devils. It felt like he got one shot on net, and then the puck was going the other way. Uh, just didn't stay in the offensive zone for too long. But when you've got somebody with this kind of size and skill, but we're really looking at the size right now, who can protect the puck, uh, that's awesome. He can keep some offensive uh, possessions alive. Maybe at some point we see Wood out there with Artemi Panarin if the Rangers choose him. And a lot of things have to happen for that to come to fruition, but I never say never. And that seems like a match made in heaven when you look at Wood uh, having the size and the strength and the ability to do some of the grunt work on the Panarin line. Uh, we've also got Corey Pronman from The Athletic. Wood has very good hands and even better offensive IQ to go with a strong shot. He's dangerous inside the offensive zone and on the power play due to the various ways he can beat defenses. And uh, we've got something from NHL.com's Adam Kimmel Kimmelman. 
Uh, his size, six foot four, 193 pounds, and skill make him one of the best players below the dots in this year's draft class. And again, that is something that uh, I'm looking forward to, something that I think the Rangers need more of, somebody that can play below the dots a little bit. Uh, a little bit of a negative review here from Sam Cosentino from Sportsnet. Still looks like a player who hasn't quite caught up to his size, six foot three, 190 pounds. So he's either six foot four or six foot three. There seems to be some uh, dissension as far as that's concerned, but somewhere in that ballpark. Uh, and then Cosentino also went on to say, adding strength is a must for all facets. So yeah, I mean, it sounds like he's one of those guys that uh, maybe isn't even aware of like how big he is and how much he really can use that to his advantage. Maybe he hasn't uh, fully grasp that yet that's what it sounds like costantino is saying here and i'll leave you with one more this comes to us from evan price uh, evan pace excuse me of dobber prospects he is a tall rangy forward with an elite release on his wrister a heavy one-timer and good hands in tight around the net allowing him to find the score sheet in a variety of ways the main area of focus will be improving his foot speed and overall pace but his size helps to mitigate those issues and allow him to play through traffic and again, I like what I'm hearing here. You know, it sounds like, you know, skating and speed maybe isn't a strength, but this is somebody that's going to go back there and go to work and uh, you know, use his size to his advantage. And again, the Rangers do need more players uh, that fit that description and I think would uh, certainly qualify. So I'm going to be keeping an eye on him on draft night and kind of keeping my fingers crossed that he drops the Rangers at number 23. We'll look at some other potential targets with that number 23 overall pick as well. Definitely looking forward to that. Um, but that will do it for today, guys. Once again, if you would like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. And definitely subscribe to Locked On New York Rangers YouTube channel. Thanks again, guys. I will see you next time.